Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. I'm Alicia. And I'm Stacy. Thanks so much for joining us for today's tale of marital misadventure as we continue our journey into season 19 of Trashy Divorces. Stacy, you're bringing us a man of God? today? Uh, sort of, uh, Bishop Eddie Long. I think you mean Bishop Eddie Wrong. Who, with one early divorce, a sexual abuse scandal, there were financial shenanigans, it it really all makes for an excellent example of hypocrisy in so many ways. Hey friends, we do have a super good story on its way for you before we begin today's episode. Stacy, I have this magic mirror right Aww. here. With a few magical names, we got some big shout-outs to give to some trash pandas in the world. First up, our newest supporters over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Thanks so much for joining us, Jenna F., Eljo, and Lori. Thanks, y'all, for throwing us your trashy support over at Patreon. Big love to y'all and all of our supporters. But Stacy, something else is happening here in the Magic Mirror. We got a few more shout-outs. Oh, Joy, we adore our new nightlight. We have lovingly placed it in our appropriately themed mushroom bathroom. You rock. Hey, happy birthday to you, Nancy B. Sister friend, we are wishing you an incredible next trip around the sun. And holy cats, I don't know if y'all remember a while ago, our friends Melissa and Ben got engaged in the romantic city of Paris. Big congrats, Melissa and Ben have tied the knot in Kew Gardens this week in London. It sounds like a fairy tale romance. We are thrilled for you, and we're so excited that your dogs have been legitimized. <laughs> hey, everybody, a word of caution before we begin. This story does involve allegations of domestic violence and sexual conduct with minors. We always want you to protect your heart and catch us back next Wednesday if you're skipping this one. Otherwise, seriously, Bishop Eddie, wrong. Let's go, go, go. You're bringing us another kind of fast Eddie today, Stacy. That's a good way to put it, for sure. There was a time when Bishop Eddie Long was considered religious royalty among his peers especially those involved in religious broadcasting, which has never had any problems. He was one of the brightest of the celebrity pastor megastars in the evangelical world back in the 2000s, give or take. There was no doubt that he was charismatic, and his preaching resonated with tens of thousands of people, especially African-American men. Eddie Long was one of the major embracers and proponents of the prosperity gospel, this, of course, promises that God will reward your faith with health and wealth and... And a PJ. And a, and a private jet. That's the way it works, right? S specify what PJ means here. <laughs> private jet. <laughs> On the road of prosperity gospeldom, he also freely flaunted his own wealth. He drove a $350,000 Bentley, traveled on private jets, and lived in a multi-million dollar home. Wow. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus, As Yes. <laughs> 
As the senior pastor at the New Birth Missionary Baptist Church in Lithonia, Georgia, right here in the Atlanta area, he grew the congregation from 300 parishioners to more than 25,000. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Holy cats! That's a lot of folks going oh, yeah. to a service on Sunday. Yeah, I had lunch or something out that way one time, and I could not believe the traffic. 25,000! That's a big congregation. Oh, yeah. Well, he was also in charge of an international television ministry. Oh, well. And under his leadership, New Birth built satellite churches in other cities, including Miami, Denver, and Charlotte. He launched a weekly international prayer line that reached three and a half million people in 97 countries. Whoa. And through his Taking Authority weekly show on Trinity Broadcasting Network... He reached, and this is not a typo, 2.6 billion viewers. 2.6 billion with a B. In 120 countries. Wow. That is some outreach. It's outreach. New Birth started and ran the New Birth Christian Academy, a school on the grounds of the church that had about 200 students. And in his spare time, he wrote more than 10 books. It's a lot going on. Even before the sexual abuse and coercion allegations that caused a major scandal for Eddie Long, he was not without controversy. But even after the details from his accusers were made public, thousands of people still revered him. When he died in 2017, his funeral and memorial service was a six-hour celebration that was streamed live and attended in person by thousands, (sighs) including former Georgia Governor Roy Barnes and NFL Hall of Famer Deion Sanders. I missed out on all of this. You have got to tell me this story. Oh, sure. Eddie Lee Long was born on May 12th, 1953 in Huntersville, North Carolina. Taurus baby. He graduated from Mecklenburg High School in 1972 before attending North Carolina Central University. He was a member of the Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity and earned his degree in business in 1977. Eddie did not immediately start working with the church. He got a job as a sales rep for Ford, but was apparently fired for submitting expense reports that perhaps included some personal purchases. Huh, not great. He went to work for Honeywell for a few years before attending the Interdenominational Theological Center right here in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. He graduated with a master's degree in divinity in 1987, but by that time he had already been married, had a son, and gotten divorced. Eddie Long married Deborah Houston in 1981. The marriage did not last long, and the couple separated after about two years. Then they were off and on for a while. Their son was born in 1983. They officially divorced in March of 1985, and Deborah was granted custody of their two-year-old son, with Eddie having visitation rights every other weekend. His marriage to Deborah had been over for years when Eddie Long became a pastor, so she was never part of the celebrity pastor persona. The details of his first divorce were not made public until the sexual abuse scandal happened. I mean, this is decades later. Oh, God. However, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uncovered divorce papers that she had filed in 1985, claiming that Eddie subjected her to cruel treatment. That's a quotation. She alleged that he had a, quote, vicious and violent, unquote, temper, and that he had beat her with, quote, fists when she was pregnant with their son. This is when he's in divinity school. Yikes. The documents further state that Houston felt, quote, locked in a home of terror, unquote, and was forced to flee their Fairburn home with their son, quote, in order to ensure their safety. This is terrible. So again, this was coming out in the 
in the AJC, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, like in the 2011 time period, so decades on. So Eddie's attorney, Craig Gillen, said that the timing of the story is curious and told the AJC that the allegations of a divorce pleading that is nearly 30 years old are absolutely not true. Oh, well, I mean, it was only filed in court, so probably not. I mean, yeah. All right. So how did Eddie become a celebrity pastor? Eddie started working at New Birth Missionary Baptist Church in 1987, and again at the time the church had 300 members. He had his master's degree in divinity, but would later claim to have a doctorate in pastoral ministry from (laughs) the International College of Excellence. Oh, that sounds like where Barney Stinson goes. (laughs) This is a completely unaccredited... Not recognized at all by the United States Department of Education or the Council for Higher Education Accreditation. What's it called again? The International College of Excellence, Alicia. The International College of Excellence. I got to remember that. That's great. I I got my doctorate at the International College of Awesomeness, so <laughs> I, I can relate to issues that Bishop Long may have had. In 1990, Eddie married Vanessa Griffin. Once Eddie became bishop of the church, Vanessa's title was first lady. Really? Yeah, this is apparently a thing in black churches. We reached out to friends all over the country, to church-going friends, to ask, like, is this a regional thing? Is this a black church thing? Is this a, but apparently... Southern thing, a Baptist thing, right. Right, so apparently in the black church, it is common for the pastor's wife to be known as the first lady. And she has duties. She has, like, pastoral duties to... The women of the congregation, she is a role model for, you know, for their proper conduct and such. It's a working job it is, is what yes, you're saying. Yes. Okay. She is not mere, yes, she is not just the wife. She has her own congregation within the congregation. This Trashy Divorces podcast teaches you all kinds of things. Together, Eddie and Vanessa would have three children. She would later become an elder of the church. In 1994... Eddie was expanding the ministry through TV with a local broadcast, and the church reported that they had 10,000 members. It's a four-year jump from 300 to 10,000, so... Yeah, tripling your congregation's huge. Yeah, so uh, Eddie Long became a bishop. By 2000, New Birth Missionary reported a membership of 25,000, which made it Georgia's largest church. In 2001, they opened a $50 million church in Lithonia with state-of-the-art seating, offices, library, bookstore, computer labs, kitchen, audio and video studios, and a nursery. Holy cats. Gotta keep the kiddos busy. Influential people and celebrities also wanted to be associated with New Birth and with Bishop Eddie Long. When rapper and R&B star Lisa Left Eye Lopez tragically died in a car accident in 2002. Her funeral was held there. Oh, I didn't know that. I do recall this one in 2006 when Coretta Scott King, wife of Martin Luther King Jr., when she passed away, her funeral was also held at New Birth, and it was attended by Presidents George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Jimmy Carter. This was controversial. What drew the most attention, though, was Eddie's flamboyant style of preaching, dressing, and living. His sermons were charismatic, passionate, and theatrical. He would pace around in front of a cheering congregation, occasionally wiping sweat from his face. He thundered more than he spoke, and he always reveled in the spotlight. A major part of his preaching was what is called the prosperity gospel. He promised that God rewards the faithful with wealth and health. 
He'd frequently used the phrase, wealthy is a side benefit of saying yes to God. (laughs) I wonder if he learned that at the International College of Excellence. Probably so. According to a CNN piece, quote, he saw himself not just as a pastor, but as the CEO of an international spiritual corporation. And he embodied his message by driving around town in his Bentley and dressing in tight muscle shirts in the pulpit. Sounds right. In his book, one of the 10, 12, whatever, the book is called What a Man Wants, What a Woman Needs. (laughs) Anyway, he wrote, it's strange, but when a preacher gets a Bentley, people get mad. That's why I have two of them. Oh, no. God has launched me into my culture like an arrow, and I'll go to almost any lengths to plant the kingdom in the hoods. Wow. Wallace Best, professor of religion and African-American studies at Princeton University, wrote in an article for the Huffington Post, To my mind, one of the most important lessons is this. If your pastor drives a Bentley and wears a watch with a value equivalent to your annual salary, it's time for you to find another church. But the lessons go even deeper, cutting to the heart of black church history and culture, particularly as it relates to issues of sex and sexuality. Eddie, of course, was sometimes referred to as the muscly bishop. The muscly bishop. The muscly bishop. He was proud of weightlifting and proud of his the physique that he built. He was very into being masculine and had a very traditional view of male and female roles in life. And this was a major part of his message and also part of his major appeal to black men in particular. Eddie said, quote, We see sweating, dirty, hardworking men on television all the time, and we say to one another, There's a macho guy. But women were not made from the earth. God made women to be lovely, gentle, clean, and beautiful on the inside and outside. They are to be strong in character. Oh, okay. But not strong physically, apparently. Apparently not. Interesting. That's a hot take. In his 2004 book, Gladiator, Eddie wrote about his feelings about the roles of men and women. You're laughing at the book titles. Gladiator. No, all of them just sound like Mel Gibson movies. Go ahead. A bit. (laughs) He goes on to say, Men were created to be warriors who lead and protect their families. Yet there are forces in society that damage men. Somebody took the man out of manhood. (laughs) Alicia, who do you think that somebody is? Mel Gibson? (laughs) No, no, not according to Bishop Eddie Long, who, you know, he Uh. thinks it's uh, it's the feminists. Oh, it's the feminists to blame. Jimmy Buffett said it. There is a woman to blame. Mm. Apparently, she's a feminist. Yes, the women's liberation movement damaged men. He also blamed liberal and extra-biblical teaching in public schools. Not extra as in surplus, but extra as in not biblical teaching in public schools. (laughs) Okay. In one of his sermons, he spoke about the biblical role of a preacher saying, The word of God is potent. The word of God is his sperm. The job of the preacher is... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going there. Oh, yeah. I was not ready. (sighs) The word of God is his sperm. The job of the preacher is to bring fresh sperm. And when he speaks it, the womb, the church, is to take it in and say, you're right. I'm all for a good analogy, really, a simile, a metaphor, a comparison, but wow. He's just shooting... God's sperm out of his mouth, Alicia. 
I have no words. Some of his most impassioned sermons, you'll be surprised, were on the topic of same-sex attraction and marriage. It's not hard to guess his opinion on this topic. The I penny think. was all for it. He went so far as to advocate for gay conversion therapy. Oh, no. Yeah. So he had some, some big, big anti-gay views, quite forceful in his anti-gay preaching. Bishop Eddie Long described homosexuality as a, quote, spiritual abortion. Oh, as well as a, quote, manifestation of the fallen man in what would eventually prove to be pretty hypocritical. In addition to obviously being pretty hateful, Bishop Eddie Long was one of the loudest voices condemning homosexuality from the pulpit in this era. You may recall in 2004, Georgia had an anti-gay marriage constitutional ballot amendment, although to be clear, same-sex marriage was already illegal in Georgia. They just wanted to Double super secret make it illegal? I guess. In 2004, he led a march in support of that constitutional amendment, which would define, again, in the state constitution, marriage as a union between one man and one woman. This did pass. Thank you to Karl Rove. Is no longer in effect. Thank you to Anthony Kennedy. If that weren't enough, his church would lead conferences on sexual reorientation with the purpose to cure gay men and lesbians. Even among conservative Christian churches... Bishop Eddie Long's rhetoric was considered extreme. Yeah, you think? In 2007, the Southern Poverty Law Center's magazine published an article calling him, quote, one of the most virulently homophobic black leaders in the religiously-based anti-gay movement. Back to Coretta Scott King's funeral. When Coretta Scott King died, many progressive African-American leaders, including former NAACP President Julian Bond, refused to attend her funeral service because it was held at Eddie Long's church. They argued that Coretta Scott King herself would not have wanted her funeral held there because she was a staunch gay rights supporter and she found his anti-gay views to be inconsistent with her own view of the world. Interesting. In his 1998 book... <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> you ready? Okay. Called, I Don't Want Delilah, I Need You. Oh, Lord. Eddie Long writes extensively on his views. Quote, the Bible has no provision for two people of the same sex to be married. Neither does God make a person to be a homosexual. Look at yourself naked in a mirror and see what God gave you. That's who you are in God's creation. Your parents or someone else may have influenced you to engage in sexual behavior that was not godly, but God did not ordain that behavior for you. Strong and sanctimonious, this guy. Yes. Also, helpfully, Eddie Long thought he knew part of the reason why some men are gay. Oh. He explains, quote, In a society where little boys are exposed to grubby, cursing, dirty, cigarette-smoking, road construction worker women, is it any wonder they stop chasing women and start chasing men? I don't know what to say. Right. I haven't seen very many road construction, cigarette smoking, what, women who, oh, feminists, man. We're going to take a break here. I feel like you could use a break, Alicia. It's a lot. We're going to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk some trashy philanthropy-ish. See you in a minute. Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. 
Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Bishop Eddie Long, he's going to have some good work, some philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Bishop Eddie Long Ministries Incorporated Charity. LLC. TM. Problem. Problem. <laughs> In 1995, Eddie Long established a nonprofit tax-exempt charity, Bishop Eddie Long Ministries Incorporated, to help the needy and spread the gospel, or so he claimed. Ten years later, in 2005, it was revealed that Eddie Long himself had been the primary beneficiary of said charity. Kel surprise! Between 1997 and 2000, Bishop Uh Eddie Long Ministries, Inc. provided Long with at least $3.07 million in salary, benefits, use of property, including his home and the Bentleys. Three mil? Three mil. Wow. In three years. That's approximately the same amount of money that it gave to all other recipients combined. In the time period. Okay. Well, you know. Half hey, look, for me, half for the community. Putting 50% of the money to work. I think that's how Jesus wanted taxes to work, I right? I think so, yeah. The money yeah. changers, I take half. We share the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like what happened that time. In defending himself, Eddie explained that the nonprofit did not solicit donations from church members, but was funded through royalties, speaking fees, and several large private donations. But he also justified his expenses by saying, quote, we're not just a church, we're an international corporation. We're not just a bumbling bunch of preachers who can't talk and all we're doing is baptizing babies. I deal with the White House. I deal with Tony Uh, Blair. Oh, I deal with the White House and Tony Blair. I deal with presidents around this world. I pastor a multi-million dollar congregation. You've got to put me on a different scale than the little black preacher sitting over there. Wow. That's supposed to just be getting by because the people are suffering. That is a humble man of God right there. I'm not done yet. Oh, no. Or I should say Eddie Long. Not done yet. We touch a lot of people, he said. This is a world-impacting ministry, and I personally get a little offended when my integrity is questioned. I have great integrity with my congregation. I would never take their money and use them to build my own personal happiness. He also explained that the church board, of which both he and his wife Vanessa were members, of course, oversaw the charity's decisions regarding his compensation, saying, It's not like I wake up and say, I think I want a Bentley. 
the, the elders wanted to give me a Bentley. The board totally has to approve that Bentley purchase. Eddie also said that his congregation is inspired by seeing their pastor do so well. Quote, I would love to sit with you and walk with you through the Bible to show that Jesus wasn't poor. I'm not going to apologize for anything. We must have read very different Bibles. Well, you were a Catholic, so... I don't recall him being I, immensely wealthy in the Bible I read, but it what is, do I know? It is interesting, right? That also, I'm not a scholar of this or anything, <laughs> but I do recall like poverty has sort of always been associated with the people who... Humility. Follow sure. the teachings of Christ. Anyway, in 2007, the U.S. Senate Committee on Finance did one of the most useless things it has ever done in its history. It opened a three-year investigation into the tax-exempt status of a number of ministries. We've actually covered this in some other stories, too. This included Bishop Long's church. At the end of the investigation, they determined no definitive findings of wrongdoing because it turns out churches are not required to disclose much in the way of their financial like activities. So they just came up empty-handed because... Interesting. Yeah. Don't look at that Lambo. Right. Ignore my Lambo of God. Forget the PJ. This is my PG, Prosperity Gospel. Yeah, that investigation, it turns out, was pretty garbage, which, I mean, we knew already, uh, because, in fact, there was plenty of wrongdoing that would yet be revealed. Here are sexual abuse allegations and lawsuits. Oh, no. In 2010, four young men accused Eddie Long of sexual abuse and coercion while they were teenagers. In their lawsuits, they claimed that Long used his spiritual authority to manipulate them when they were members of his church and looked up to him and thought of him as a father figure. That's terrible. The men said that Eddie would give them luxury trips in private planes, fancy clothes, nice cars, in exchange for having sexual relationships with him. The accusations were shocking. They were covered heavily by local media and I think probably national media too, and not just because of, you know, these accusations potentially making Eddie a predator, but also because of the hypocrisy involved considering his extremely vicious anti-gay preaching and activism throughout his long career. Yeah, it seems like a lot of hypocrisy. It does, yeah. One accuser named Jamal Paris said that after he turned the legal age of consent in Georgia, which is 16, all the pastor wanted was sex. Quote, his house, the hotels, his condos, in the church before and after service. This is horrifying. Paris told an Atlanta TV station more about his experience. Quote, I cannot forget the way he made me cry many nights when I drove in his cars on the way home. I'm not able to take enough showers to wipe the smell of him off my body. I loved him and I'm always going to have love for the things he taught us, but how he left us hurt worse than anything I ever felt in my life. Paris said that he wanted to tell Eddie what he really thought of him, which is, you are not a man, you are a monster. Sounds right. Another of the accusers, Spencer Legrand, who has since written a book about his experience, said that Eddie had agreed to be his father figure since his biological father was not around. These are legit vulnerable young men who... Yes, yes, this is terrible. And he knew because of his role. This, This is very bad. Anyway, in Spencer's court filings, he said that Eddie asked him to call him dad. Nope. Yup. So when Spencer was asked if he harbors feelings of hatred for Eddie, he replied, 
God doesn't produce hate. I pray for everyone, especially the bishop, because he knew the truth. Eddie addressed the church after these allegations became public. Eddie's not in jail? They were of legal age. So he did not violate George's criminal laws. But Eddie told the church, I have never portrayed myself as a perfect man, but I am not the man that's being portrayed on the television. That's not me. He said that his lawyers had advised him not to try this case in the media, adding, I feel like David and Goliath, but I've got five rocks and I haven't thrown one yet. I'm not quite sure how to interpret that. Again, which version of the Bible are we all reading? I'm very confused. So, as noted, because the age of consent in Georgia is 16, which I'm sure he well knew he was never facing criminal charges because he waited until... All of, all of these boys turned 16 to begin all of that. Eddie's attorney, of course, called these allegations, quote, an attack on Bishop Eddie Long and the church, and went on to say, Bishop Eddie Long adamantly denies the allegations. It's unfortunate these young men have chosen to take this course of action. B.J. Bernstein, the lawyer for the four accusers, followed up with a statement saying that the men have photos, texts, and emails that prove a sexual relationship with Eddie Long. One of the photos she was referring to shows Long posing in a bathroom stall wearing a red muscle shirt. It was sent via email in November of 2008 and is signed Eddie a Long, amazed by his grace. Yikes. Bernstein said, What pastor in his right mind sends a picture from himself posing in his bathroom in a muscle shirt? None that I know of, especially one who is a committed homophobe. Ultimately, the lawsuits were all settled out of court for an undisclosed amount of money. Again, good thing you got that church board. He, of course, never admitted fault or wrongdoing. Of course not. After news of the settlement was released, Newberth released a statement saying that the decision was made, quote, to bring closure to this matter and to allow us to move forward with the plans God has for this ministry. This resolution is the most reasonable road for everyone to travel. Okay. B.J. Bernstein's office said that neither she nor the plaintiffs would be available for an interview on this matter now or in the future. This is the power of a non-disclosure agreement. That was not part of the quote, by the way, that last bit. That was me. Okay. That was just me. I <laughs> got it. But yeah, this was clearly done to sort of shut this down. And Anyway, so what did the members of New Birth think about the accusations and the settlement? I don't know. I would hope that New Birth's congregation would... Take a dip? Apparently. Like, I'm sure it did a bit, but not much. Uh, One parishioner said they thought a settlement out of court was the best thing to do, so it would ensure, you know, the end of the issue, and we can move forward and continue to do what God would have us do. Another said it doesn't bother her that she won't know the details of the settlement because I'm still steadfast. I know what he's done in my life, and I know what he's done in the lives of others. Okay. Another said, it doesn't make me think he's guilty or anything. I decided when this came out that I loved my pastor unconditionally. Even if he came out and grabbed the mic and said, I'm guilty, it wouldn't change the way I feel about him. I wouldn't be angry like a lot of people are. You can't walk away after 15 years of being a member of a church. Sir, you can. This is a Wendy's. (laughs) Another parishioner went on record with, he's done a thousand good things and he may or may not have done four really bad things. Oh, my God. Another woman said that she believed Long was, quote, like a lot of movie star preachers, arrogant and a bit puffed up. 
But she said that she still believes he's not guilty of the accusations. Okay. That's shameful. Oh, sorry. This part's called investment scams and more lawsuits. Oh, good. (laughs) Even more allegations about Bishop Eddie Long came out in 2011, but this time it was regarding an investment scam. According to a lawsuit filed in DeKalb County, high five. High five. State court, 10 parishioners of New Birth Missionary Baptist Church lost more than a million dollars after investing in a company Long had endorsed. The lawsuit stemmed from a three-day investment seminar that Eddie held at his church in October of 2009. At the seminar, he encouraged church members to invest in a company named City Capital Corporation. He spoke highly of the company's CEO, Efren Taylor, and introduced him as his friend and brother. Eddie led the parishioners to believe that their money would be safe with that. He vouched for this guy entirely. He told them, I am responsible for everyone I bring before you and what they say. The gentleman that I am going to bring before you is an ordained minister. That gives me great pride to bring him for you. I'm also going to assume that because this was 10 parishioners and a million dollars, he invited the wealthiest members of his congregation to this little three-day-long sit-down. So the truth was that the company, uh, City Capital Corporation, was already in serious financial trouble, and it was looking for investors to bail itself out. Oh, no, 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 no. The SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, charged Ephraim Taylor in 2012 with running a Ponzi scheme. The SEC report says that Taylor raised more than $11 million over a two-year period, 08 to 2010, from New Birth and other DeKalb County churches. In 2014, Eddie and Ephraim settled the lawsuit with the victims. The details were kept private, and uh, neither of the men were made to admit to any wrongdoing. Hmm, that's handy. This is incredible. Oh, you know, let's take a break here, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about how Eddie's wife, Vanessa, received all of this swirl of bad conduct. Yeah, I was wondering where Vanessa was in the story. See you in a minute. To find out about poor Vanessa. I hope she divorces his butt. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, Alicia, Vanessa does not, in the end, divorce Bishop Eddie Long. On December 2nd, 2011, though, Vanessa did file for divorce. Oh, okay. In the filing, she said that the marriage was irretrievably broken and yeah, that there bet. was no hope of reconciliation. She issued a statement that said, after a great deal of deliberation and prayer, I've decided to terminate my marriage to Bishop Eddie L. Long. Then, later the same day, oh yeah, a statement was sent through New Birth's public relations firm 
If your church has a public relations firm, it might be time to find a new church. Anyway, saying that Vanessa changed her mind. Oh. The statement said that upon further prayerful reflection, Vanessa had decided to withdraw her divorce petition. Then there's this quote attributed to her. I love my husband. I believe in him and admire his strength and courage. She said that her decision to seek a divorce was driven by, quote, years of attacks in the media that frustrated and overwhelmed me. <laughs> oh, it's your fault. It's, we can't be together. It's, you journalists. Uh, she said that she and her husband had, quote, mutually agreed to find healing from these attacks. Oh, you reporters. Oh, there's a story behind there. But wait. Yeah. There's more. I want to hear the more. Even later on December 2nd, Vanessa's attorneys announced that she had changed her mind again, again? and was moving forward with the divorce, quote, consistent with her original statement made this morning. Once, twice, three times a filing. So Eddie, who quite clearly had been like negotiating all day with his wife to try to make this not happen, he issued a statement saying, Vanessa is and has always been a loving, dedicated, and committed wife and mother. My love for her is deep and unwavering. It remains our sincere desire to continue working together and seeking God's will in these circumstances. So what happens? Well, when Vanessa decided to end her marriage to Eddie, you know, plenty of people thought that this was kind of the end of any, like, Eddie Long Road to Redemption story. As long as she was standing by his side, a lot of their parishioners believed that the accusations couldn't be valid because what woman would stay? But once she left him, you know, he lost all credibility, kind of. The Sunday following Vanessa's announcement, Bishop Long told his congregation that he was going to take some time off. Oh. Yeah, quote, I'm going to take a little time off to work with my family. I do want you to know that this is for me and my family especially with me, one of the most difficult times and things I've had to face, and only because my strength, other than God, is in Miss Vanessa. Only because of the consequences of your own actions. It's, it's weird, right? My brother. Yeah, weird. So the congregation was cheer. I mean, right, like he was, he was, he was getting the love from his parishioners here, like huge applause. He continues, and I want you to rest assured that I love her and she loves me. In all the things that I've ever had to deal with and being pastor, my rock has been to be able to come home to a virtuous woman who always had peace in my house. We're going to work it out. Weirdly, that's sort of what happens. He went on to tell the packed church that he and Vanessa were not fighting and that they were not mad at each other. He also said that her filing for divorce was, quote, not because of the allegations. Oh, for sure. Probably didn't have anything to do with them. Oh, sure. Just due to the pressures of... Being a pastor's wife. I mean, she's the it was first the lady journalists, of the journalists, <laughs> Stacy, but the journalists. He said, it's been very difficult for her. Some of the things she's had to endure, like learning about the time that I was seducing 16-year-old boys here in the congregation. The journalists. It's always the reporters. On February 17th of 2012, Vanessa's lawyers confirmed that she had asked for the divorce petition to be dismissed. Wow. Such a journey in such a short period of time. In August of 2012, she spoke with a large group of women at New Birth, attempting to explain her decision to remain married to her husband. She said, Ladies, back in December of 2011, I was in the middle of a storm, and I got off the ship. As much as I loved my husband, my family, my New Birth family, I couldn't take another minute pretending I was okay. It was an incredibly difficult decision to make, and it was equally hard to come back because I felt like I had failed the very people that needed me to be their strength. 
After all, you felt the storm too, and yet you stood. But then I realized that the best thing I could do was to let you see me as a woman just like you. A woman capable of making good decisions and a woman capable of making bad decisions. God causes everything to work together for good. Instead of condemning myself, I can use what happened as an opportunity to minister to someone else going through a storm. That, I believe, is called making lemonade from lemons. Vanessa sounds very reasonable. She really does. Uh, Also, she and Bishop Eddie Long never divorced. They were still married upon his death. All right, there was a 2012 ceremony in which Bishop Eddie Long was crowned a king. I'm sorry, what? He... who who crowned him? The International College of Excellence? The International College of Kings. Holy shit. No. Um, <laughs> in January of 2012, visiting speaker Rabbi Ralph Messer wrapped Eddie Long in a Holocaust Torah scroll and announced, he's a king. Oh, no, no, no. There was a 15-minute video of the ceremony, which went viral. It showed the rabbi directing four men to lift Eddie Long. He was seated in a chair and then just sort of parade him through the congregation. He is wrapped in a blue and white. (sighs) Sacrilegious match? Yes. You know, Eddie was wiping tears and the congregation was cheering and Rabbi Messer was shouting, He's a king! God's blessed him! He's a humble man, but... In him is kingship, royalty. He now is raised up from a commoner to a kingship. So, like, why why did this happen? I've definitely learned that Bishop Eddie Long is a humble man totally in humble. this last hour. Yes. Yeah, so Rabbi Messer said that he wanted to honor Eddie on behalf of the Jewish people and the land of Israel. Oh. It took about a nanosecond for this video to cause quite a bit of stir I among uh, both Christians and Jews. The Associated Press reported the Reverend Morris Tipton, director of media relations at the National Baptist Convention, told black news site The Grio on Friday that he is not impressed by the video. Quote, God has called us to be serving leaders and not celebrities, Tipton said. The convention is the largest group of African-American Baptists in the United States. Rabbi David Schiff of Congregation Beth Halal, a Messianic Jewish synagogue in Roswell, Georgia, also condemned the ceremony and Messer's claim that he was a Messianic Jew. Ralph Messer in no way represents Messianic Judaism, Schiff told the Associated Press. He's not affiliated with any legitimate branch of Messianic Judaism. His actions in no way reflect the position of Messianic Judaism. I found the presentation to be repulsive and inappropriate. This is David P. Gushy, professor of Christian ethics at Mercer University here in Georgia, telling the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, The connection of the Torah scroll to the Holocaust and then to Eddie Long is incomprehensible to me. What's the point? So, Eddie Long did apologize. He released the following statement. The ceremony... (laughs) Oh, no. The ceremony was not my suggestion, nor was it my intent to participate in any ritual that is offensive in any manner to the Jewish community or any group. Furthermore, I sincerely denounce any action that depicts me as a king, for I am merely just a servant of the Lord. Okay, Eddie. As noted, Bishop Eddie Long is no longer with us. He died on January 15th, 2017 from an aggressive form of cancer. He was 63 years old. The accusers, the the four young men who had sued him in the past, made a joint response to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution saying, 
as much as we'd like to make a statement about the passing of Bishop Eddie Long, we've all decided to remain silent for now. Okay. Again, I suspect that there were pretty heavy-duty non-disclosure. Oh, you'd have to think so. For it to be that kind of tucked under, I don't know how I missed every bit of this. I'm a little bit ashamed. Gotta subscribe to your local paper, Alicia. AJC, I love the AJC. AJC. In June of 2017, this is harsh. Oh, no. The U.S. Department of the Treasury said that the estate of Bishop Eddie Long and his wife, Vanessa Long, had outstanding debts and placed a lien to recover it. The IRS was seeking $335,216.34. So he left her in trashy debt? Yeah. Yikes. Yes, the IRS said, We have made a demand for payment for this liability, but it remains unpaid. Therefore, there is a lien in favor of the United States on all property and rights to property belonging to this taxpayer, which is now Vanessa. Sorry, should have divorced him. The government statement says, We have made a demand for payment for this liability, but it remains unpaid. Therefore, there's a lien in favor of the United States on all property and rights to property belonging to this taxpayer for the amount of these taxes plus additional penalties, interests, and costs that may accrue. Poor Vanessa. Poor Vanessa. It is unclear how this tax issue was ultimately resolved. Hopefully, that board kept being very generous in helping out the now-widowed Vanessa Long. New Birth Missionary Church is still going strong, and it is located at Bishop Eddie Long Parkway in Stonecrest, Georgia, to this day. Well done. I wasn't ready for most of that story. No, I thought you might not be. You know, I think we all, he was sort of ambient for a number of years here, but yeah, the details, even I had either forgotten or never learned most of those, so... Thank you, I think. Yeah, you're welcome, I think. <laughs> We're going to PJ out of this episode here. Stacy. how many trash cans for the bad bishop? Well, I was going to go with 350000 for the price of one of his Bentleys, but sure. of course he had two. So that brings us to 700000 trash cans aligned along Bishop Eddie Long Parkway in Stonecrest, Georgia. That sounds exactly right. What a ride. What a ride. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for today's Road to Perdition. Good choice of (laughs) words there. We are so grateful for your trashy heart spending your time with us, for telling your friends about trashy divorces, for your kind reviews and emails, too. Another big shout out to our Patreon community. Don't forget, friends, you can get in on early and ad-free episodes for two bucks a month, a quarter an episode. So if you would like more trashy in your life, there's also a week-long free trial, too, over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces, and you can check out all the details there. We are kicking off our long, hot summer over here at Trashy Divorces headquarters. We do have two other podcasts for your listening enjoyment. Trashy Royals and Done and Done are available for free on your podcast player if you're looking for A little bit more content to fill those longer days. Friends, we're going to be back Wednesday with a whole new trashy tale. Until then, please keep your hands clean. Oh, keep those hearts ever so trashy. Big love, y'all. Have an incredible week. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacey and Alicia, 
with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.